Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. I am joined for our little intro once again by our co-host, Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Adam? I'm doing fantastic. I really, really enjoyed listening to this episode. You had Rachel and Quentin, who is a newcomer to the podcast, join you talking about all of the different types of genres and subgenres that fall under science fiction and fantasy. It was a fun episode to record because I'm a big reader of science fiction and fantasy, so it's fun talking about all those books. Yeah, and it was, we were discussing before we started recording, I think a lot of people, when they think of science fiction and fantasy, they think of Star Wars or Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica, things that really, it's only going to be like a space opera type of a thing. But I really loved in this episode, you go through all these different subgenres and different titles that might be interested to people who are just getting introduced to science fiction and fantasy or people who have been reading it all their lives and want something really heavy. I think you did a really fantastic job of going through all these different small little ways that things fall under science fiction or fantasy. Good. I'm glad. That was sort of our hope and intention with this episode. So hopefully all of our listeners um, can find something to read. I would say among all of the other episodes, especially first off, Quentin, I think, and you'll all discover this in a couple minutes, Quentin is almost like has like an encyclopedic brain when it comes to these books. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> unbelievable how many recommendations he has for any subgenre here. So I think people will really be interested in all the different ways. Um, I mean, it's even something as simple as, I know you mentioned Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. That people probably don't think that as fantasy, but it absolutely it falls absolutely on. is, yes. Yeah. So I think everyone will really, really enjoy this episode a lot. Um, as always, you can reach out to us via email if you want. It's feedback at overdrive.com. Jill and I get all of those, so thank you for all the feedback and everything that you've told us. Um, you can always let us know what you're reading on Twitter, which is at Overdrive Libs, or Facebook, which is Overdrive for Libraries. Uh, we'll be happy to give you some recommendations in future episodes. Uh, something I do want to point out, we've had a lot of people mention uh, there's so many books that are talked about, and they're not always sure where they can get links to those. So there's a bunch of different places. Jill, you want to talk about just a few of the places they can find all these titles? Sure. We put them um, the titles in the show notes mm-hmm. if you have your podcast app. Um, you can usually find them there. We have... On the overdrive.com website, yes. there is a list that gets updated regularly with mm-hmm. all of the titles that we're talking about. Uh, Pinterest, I think. Yeah, I was actually just going to say, I feel like we always forget to mention Pinterest. Uh, we Overdrive has a Pinterest account. It's where we put a bunch of book recommendations, but we have an entire board there specifically for just professional book nerds podcasts. So if you want to see every book that's ever been talked about, obviously the most recent ones on there will be the most recent episodes Uh, But yeah, you can check out Pinterest, and I believe our name is Overdrive for Libraries on there as well. Just search Overdrive, we'll be the one that comes up to recognize us. But yeah, you can see a full collection of all those titles, and then you can sample them and go borrow them from your library. So 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Jill, anything else you had in mind for our little intro here? Yes, for the librarians who might be listening, we also have links in Marketplace for all of the books that get talked about in the episode if you ever want to add them to your collections. Absolutely. All right, well, I want to let you guys dive right into this, so we will stop chatting so you can hear Jill and Quentin and Rachel talk about the best science fiction and fantasy titles that they are adoring right now. So thank you guys for listening, and enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I am your host, Jill. Today I am joined by Rachel and Quentin. Hi, guys. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. How you doing? Pretty good. Rachel's been on before. This is your first yeah. time. Quentin, how are you? I'm doing excellent. You I'm are? excited for this. We are glad to have you. Um, so we are talking sci-fi and fantasy today. I would say, though, that even if you're not like a sci-fi fantasy reader, you should still listen because there will be other books discussed. Um, and maybe if it's in, you know, like a, a genre you're interested in getting to, you might you might find some good recommendations here. So what is everybody recently reading or has currently finished or, or all that stuff? Um, I'm reading two books right now. Neither of them are sci-fi. So That's okay. Start with those. There you go. <laughs> um, well, the first one that I'm reading now has been a little heavy and a bit tough to read at times, honestly. It's uh, called A Mother's Reckoning, and it's written by Sue Klebold, who is the mother of Dylan Klebold, who was one of the shooters in Columbine. Right. And this is basically her story about kind of dealing with everything that Mm -hmm. happened and how she kind of came to terms with it. Not particularly cheerful. Not particularly cheerful by any means, but very powerful and... You know, I mean, I was in high school when Columbine happened, and I know a lot of people that were very affected by that, so reading it now as, you know, kind of a a grown-up with a small child kind of come full circle, but while I'm also reading that, I kind of needed something to balance that out a little bit. I'm reading American Housewife by Helen Ellis, Yes, which is amazing. It's a collection (laughs) of short stories, kind of... uh, poking fun at the idea of the, you know, housewife. So there's some kind of silly stories about book clubs with special requirements to be in. Got it. And, you know, a haunted house. And just very kind of silly, lighthearted, hilarious stories. So I would really recommend that. It was a quick read. I'm almost done with it. And I'm loving it so far. Awesome. Those those mm-hmm. sound good. Two very different books. Two very different books. Like but they both sound good. Like to switch it up. Yeah. I am slowly making my way through um, Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel, I believe is um, that. It's good. It's good. I know it got like a lot. I'm a little late to the game on this one, but it got a lot of very positive reviews and press last year. And it's it's good. I'm enjoying it so far. It starts. Mm. Didn't it win the National Book Award? Or was it nominated for it? Possibly. I think so. It might have. Yeah, I think it won the National Book Award in 2014. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. It's good. It's start, like it, I mean, and it's like that sort of post-apocalyptic. Um, it's after a pandemic, and I'm very much, when it comes to the sci-fi, the dystopian preference genre. Mm. <laughs> I'm all about that stuff. So I am I am thoroughly enjoying that. How about you? Well, I'm currently making my way through two. Um I'm physically reading, because I listen to an audiobook and read a book at the same sure. time. Sure. Uh, 
gotta get my maximum book fix. Um, uh, reading Shadows of Self by Brandon Sanderson, which is the uh, second book in the second trilogy of the Mistborn series, which is... Okay. Um, there's two distinct trilogies because one happens like centuries before the other. Oh. So it's really interesting because you get to see what has become legend and myth mm-hmm. and how it affects a world centuries later. And uh, it's pretty fascinating. It's, fan- it's fantasy, but Sanderson's a fantastic writer. Um, so it's, it's really well done. Uh, the audiobook I'm listening to, a friend actually recommended it to me. Uh, it's called The Dirty Streets of Heaven by Tad Williams. I hadn't even heard of it. I didn't know anything about it. No. I'm about two hours into it. It's fairly interesting. There's a, cool. It's about uh, an angel that's an advocate. And what he does is when you die, he goes and argues your, argues your case on behalf of heaven like a lawyer. Ooh. And there's, there's a demon side, too, from huh. hell. And, and, and there's, an, uh, there's a kind of anti-advocate on that side that's a demon that argues that you Again, should go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's a judge, Ooh. right? So it's like there, there's a trial right at your death scene. Like, oh, my time. gosh. So it's really interesting. Uh, it's, it's an interesting world it's set up. Um, and the, the main character's name is uh, oh, something. Bobby Dollar. That's it. And uh, he's, uh, he's, it's kind of like a noirish type character. So oh. it's a real interesting setup. That sounds really good. Yeah. Who, who's, so the, who's the judge? The yeah. judge is, is uh, there's a special order of, I forget what they call them <laughs> in the book. Uh, like I said, I'm not very far into it, but the, um, they're kind of not heaven or hell, but kind of have heavenly angelic angelic type names, and they're super powerful and interesting. Kind of, yeah, so it's Ooh. it's it's really interesting so far. There's some mystery elements that just got thrown in, and hmm. at, at the very least, it's a fascinating world setting. Uh, so it covers like there. a lot of different genres, then. Yeah, yeah. Those so are it's kind good. of fantasy, but yeah. it's set in modern times, and it's it, it's real interesting. in the whole I've always found the books with. Uh, the biblical undertones are the ones that really touch heavily on on real human mythology uh, and, and religion. I've always found those really interesting to, yes. to see those different perspectives. Agreed. So so far, it's it's pretty enjoyable. It's not it's not like heavy literature, but it's it's good. It's it's uh, I'm enjoying it. That sounds Is good. Tad Williams. Tad Williams. Tad yes. Williams. So, I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. So far, it's interesting. Um, so I like it. Uh, I'm also mixing in a little Deadpool to prepare for the movie this weekend. But. Of course, <laughs> naturally, naturally. So um, we're talking sci-fi and fantasy today, and I think it's important that one of the first things we talk about is the differences between the two. They sometimes get lumped together. They are separate genres. There's some overlap sometimes, but yeah. they're they're definitely separate uh, genres. So I want to start. Well. My favorite example is Star Wars, right? So everybody sees Star Wars, they think it's a sci-fi movie. It's really not. It's Star not. Wars is fantasy. Yep. Um, the difference between science fiction and fantasy, really, it's not so much like when it's set or whether it's you know a medieval type feel. It's it's really as to whether there's science involved. Mm-hmm. If, it, if if it's based in science, it tends to be science fiction. If it's not, it tends to be fantasy, and they can be set whenever. Right. Yeah, I think the biggest reason they get lumped together, at least in my humble opinion, is because they both fall under the speculative fiction category. Yes. Yes. Speculative fiction, which is fantasy, and also speculative fiction, which is science fiction. So if they kind of have some sort of 
aspect of that, people right. will lump them together, not understanding the difference. The difference, yeah. Between the two, which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. And there's definitely things that blur the line, yes. right? Like, mm-hmm. like Interstellar has a lot of hard science in it, but then... You know, later on, there are some elements thrown in there. I don't want to throw out spoilers, but, you know, there's some other things in there that might not be such hard science after all. Mm-hmm. But um, so there's definitely bur- blurred lines where you can fall into both. Yeah. Um, but they are distinct classifications. They are for sure. For sure. Yeah. It is interesting, though, how they do get lumped in together yeah. a lot. And I you I don't know t- if it's just like a genre thing, like because they're the t- like when it comes to genre fiction, there's not a lot of other genres that really like. You can kind of see parallels and crossovers. And so they are easy to sort of mm -hmm. put into one. Yeah, and another thing that people argue often is, you know, they say that if it's some sort of a mythical creature in some way or some sort of abstract creature, that automatically makes it fantasy in some ways I've heard in the past. I've heard that argument. I mean, and I sort of approach it, I think for me, I sort of approach it the same way. I sort of view science fiction as... Could it maybe one day be possible? Mm-hmm. That yeah. sort of thing I say. Dragons, not yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah. That's just. But, what but about that's aliens. Though? Well, no, I mean. Well, yes, yeah, but I. But that's shit. that's yeah. This could be possible. Yeah. That's what I mean. So that's I see as science tricky. fiction. I don't yeah. see aliens as fantasy. So I think there's some. There's definitely some blurring, right. and it is a lot of maybe subjective well that's why i always go back to the star wars example you can look at star wars and star trek the original mm-hmm. like yes. not, they're not the original series next generation yes. is probably your best example yes. like i said i am a mega nerd it's okay um, but the uh if you compare star wars to star trek the next generation you kind of see a difference star trek is generally considered sci-fi and for the most part it is and star wars is fantasy i love both i i, I don't mm-hmm. have one side or right. the other, but um it's a good thought I, my personal belief is that science fiction and fantasy for a long time got a bad rap because there's other yes. things, there's other things that cross over, right? Because horror has mm-hmm. a lot of can often have science fiction elements or yes. fantasy elements yeah, yeah. or both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read several very good series where they mix in science and horror, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've read some that mix in fantasy and horror, that's, mm-hmm. which is much more common. But they're still not lumped together, and I think that has a lot to do with the the negative stigma that surrounded. Uh, I think like in the 50s and stuff, those pulp the stories pulps, and yes. things like that gave science sure. fiction a bad name. And fantasy got lumped in with that because they were sold in the same magazines. Yes. So um, I think there's an uphill battle that, that writers in that area have been fighting to be considered real literature. I mean, I've had arguments where people have tried to claim J.R. Tolkien didn't write literature. And I'm like, you're crazy. And uh, or, J- or arguing with me about J.K. Rowling's ability to write. I mean, yeah, the, the, I will fight that person. Right? Yeah, like man, her writing is brilliant. I don't care if you don't yeah. like the story. Yes, her actual writing is incredible. The way it evolves as the as as Harry gets older is just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to see an example of great writing? Read the first book, then read the last. The one. last one. Yes. The, the the lexicon, the language used, the sentence structure. It's amazing. Yeah, or even with, uh, you know, in the whole fantasy world, you know, after, you know, some certain books came out that got some a bit of a reputation, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> everybody <laughs> hates vampires, or if right. a book has a vampire in it, they're like, right. oh, this is trash, oh my yes. god, this, blah, blah, blah. I love some vampires, there's some vampire There are some good vampire books out there. There, there are. are. There are. There are. Even, like, some of them, I mean, they're not going to 
win awards or be considered, <laughs> you know, the greatest books ever written, but some of them are entertaining and they're fun and they're per- great stories. Yes. I think that is actually um, sort of a fundamental flaw that happens with all genre fiction, but mm-hmm. in particular science fiction and fantasy. Right. The idea there's like literature and then there's everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and just because it, oh, it drives me nuts too. <laughs> um, but I think that for whatever reason, anything that isn't considered like high art literature mm-hmm. gets a bad gets rap. A bad rap. Yeah. But for what? But something like about that. the something about the science fiction and fantasy, and it probably mm-hmm. is because of the Paul Beck yeah, in the fifties. Just gets think, like even out of all of them, it's still sort of at the bottom. And, yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it's really it's really come a long way, and it's recovering from yes. that negative stigma. Because when I was in college, and then later in my master's program, I wrote actually a couple essays about about it and my professors and I we had these great discussions with my class and um I got I got people reading science fiction mm-hmm. that always kind of thought of it as kind of a blah thing and yeah I showed them like look at this writing and they're like what well, that's really good yes <laughs> and uh, they, yeah. it's like they didn't know good writing could exist what uh, were some books that you recommended they read uh well it depended on the person Sure. So I have a couple favorites that are my kind of go-tos that are that are some classic, some not. Like mm-hmm. Ender's Game is always a great. That thing. was mine. Yes. 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 You always point people at Ender's Game if you're trying to get them into science fiction. You do for sure. It's really well written. The characters are great. The struggle is something everybody can empathize with, even though it's in a setting in a situation mm-hmm. that you're never going to find yourself in. Everybody can be that underdog type person. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, the rest of the series gets very complex it does and, uh, yeah uh, but the, that, that, initial that first book, one that really is an excellent introduction um, one of my other favorites is, is John Scalzi uh, mm-hmm. his his most popular book is Old Man's War which I tend to recommend to people my wife she doesn't like science fiction really she loved that book she's even read it twice um, it's fantastic it's really good stuff my favorite book by him is called Android's Dream um, mm-hmm. which is uh, a play on do Android's Dream, Dream Electric about. Sheep which is from Blade Runner, uh, which is what Blade Runner is based on. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really great. It's got a lot of humor in it and things like that. But for a starter book, probably Old Man's War. But those are the kind of things I'd recommend. Scalzi's writing is is good. Um, it, 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 it's different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little formulaic. Um, and But there's different examples. Like we got into an argument about first person once. And I mm-hmm. said, I love the Dresden Files, which mm-hmm. is by Jim Butcher. Uh, the first book, Stormfront, and uh, his first person writing is phenomenal. It's really good stuff, and I love the, I love the series too. Um, but uh, yeah, so it just kind of depended on who I was talking to. But there's a lot of good examples and a lot of breadth to choose from. You can get really philosophical and and deep while still staying in hard sci-fi, which we should talk about. We should. Um, <laughs> well, we will. <laughs> uh, by going into the Expanse series by. Uh, Oh, yes. What's his name? Um, I've got it written down here somewhere. James S.A. Corey. Um, that, that just recently got made into a sci-fi show. There's, yes. He just wrote the sixth book. and Well, he's releasing it soon. Uh, but there's a lot of gray area there. And it's not all shiny future and, mm. and things like that. And, and there's a lot of character building in that that's very interesting. So if you want more character driven, that's, that's a good way to go, too. So, like I said, there's, there's you can go everywhere. There's fun. There's deep. Mm-hmm. There's 
philosophical three body problems awesome it was a i've heard very good things yeah, about that it was a, a chinese book mm -hmm. originally, recently got translated into the u.s the the last one came out even more recently like around christmas i yeah. think in the yeah, fall the yeah uh, but that it's it's really good and very rooted in the philosophical of should we do something yeah and how we do it so yeah, anyway. generally when people ask me for sci-fi or fantasy recommendations, I always tend to start with more of the soft science fiction or yes. the dystopian novels. Right. Like I'm always like, oh, you want to read a good sci-fi, speculative fiction book? Have you read The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. You know, have you read Margaret Atwood? Yeah. Are you, did you read The Age of Miracles by Karen Thompson Walker, which is one of my favorite books? Did you read The Leftovers? You know, have you watched the HBO show? Right. The book is phenomenal. And because that's a little, you know, there's there's no androids, there's no space. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> no, that's... Warm people up for getting into that. And that's a very fair point, I think. Yeah. Maybe that's probably why people don't. Mm-hmm. Scares them off a little bit. Oh, and stuff like that, sometimes it helps to put it in a setting that's very close to what we mm -hmm. have. Yes. Which is why The Martian is so successful. Yeah. And Agreed. I love the book. Uh, I did, too. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. Um, yes, I would. Ender's Game is one of my go-to's. I think that was the book that got me into science fiction reading. Like I'd always sort of watched TV shows and the movies, but actually like reading science fiction. I read mm. Ender's Game in high school as for a class, and I was just blown away. Like the storyline yeah. and the mm. character, and I ended up reading the rest of the. Ender series. I didn't read any of the Bean series, but um, it's just, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. I still read it like once a year. I it do, always I do gets. See, I, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy got me. Yeah. It, for sure. Because I, when I first started reading it, I kind of preferred the kind of funny sci fi mm -hmm. to the serious, you know, right. scary type stuff. Because I started reading science fiction stuff when I was pretty young. My, my mom's favorite books to these days is the Wheel of Time series. So I got yes. into fantasy at a young age as well from, you know, just reading those books because they were always laying around the house. Yeah. Which is a great payoff mm -hmm. if you get all the way through. Yeah, it's a big yeah. series. <laughs> yeah, I have, that's one that I have quit and started back <laughs> many a time. Yeah. And I think... I think the last time I stopped, which was admittingly a few years ago, I was on like 10 or something like that. And If you can get to the ending, yeah. <laughs> like Sanderson, who I mentioned earlier, Brandon, he finished it up. And uh, I honestly, I love The Wheel of Time, minus some dragging moments, uh, or 10. And mm -hmm. the, the but, but Sanderson, I think, is a stronger writer, and mm. he really just wrapped it up wonderfully. There are There's still some dragging in the last book, because I think he wanted to get all of all of the notes in there yeah Jordan, but yeah. i think that's always like i i love big series like that but yeah. they can be daunting when a new one comes out especially if there's a lot of time in between because mm -hmm. you feel it necessary to go back yeah and read yeah, again yeah, yeah. to make sure you're caught up and then you got to read five 500 page books i know by the time, by the, time the new comes one comes out. out that's where the magic of audiobooks comes in that's well true. that's true i just i feel <laughs> like no that's true, but I always worry that I'll miss something like with audiobooks yeah. because yeah, depending, on depending on what I'm listening, if I'm doing something else. No, I get it. It's always the struggle is real. Struggle is real. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I'm like, maybe if I start reading, um, you know, like the Game of Thrones books now, by the time it finally comes <laughs> out. Yeah. Gonna no. be waiting for a while. I might, <laughs> I might be okay. If you like funny sci-fi, mm -hmm. have you read The Sheriff of Yerdemir? 
No, I, I have not. I cannot remember the name of the writer for the life of me, um, but he used to be a writer on The Daily Show. Oh. So he wrote this book called Sheriff of Yernamere, which is kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide. It's a lot of fun, um, and uh, it's it's very much a satire uh kind of pointing out some of the major flaws we have in today's society. Mm. So you get kind of like this deep, like, here's what's wrong with us uh, bit, but it's also funny. So <laughs> so it, it, it comes across very well. It's it's uh, it's not my favorite sci-fi book, but it's, it's, good. Right. it's good fun. It's relatively short, uh, and it is pretty funny. Yeah. If you like fantasy or the funny kind of fantasy sci-fi stuff, did you read The Weirdness by Jeremy Bushnell? I have not. That was one of my favorite books that came out, I think, in 2014, so maybe about okay. two years ago now. And it was hysterical. It's about this guy. It takes place kind of like in, in our time, you know, modern world, and it's about this guy who, he's this writer living in New York, and if you have any friends that are writers, you'll know the guy I'm talking about. And he, like, he sells his soul to the devil to get his book published. <laughs> but there's all these other, like, he has to go fight this wizard who lives in Greenwich Village. But he's, like, behind this, he has this, like, magical cloak so no one can see him. And he's <laughs> trying to find this, like, magical lucky cat that is, like, the key to, it's supposed to, like, you could use it to implode the universe. So it's basically, then there's werewolves. Like, it's just, it's basically Jerry Bushnell was just, like, I'm going to take every hilarious, nice, ridiculous stereotype from fantasy <laughs> and sci-fi and put it all in one book and just make this guy deal with all of them. And all right. it was so fun. There you it go. Was really good. I would highly recommend that to anyone. And he's got another book coming out. I just found out he's got a new, new book coming out, I think, in June or July. Mm-hmm. So I've already been kind of eyeing it. Yeah. My, my people <laughs> trying to get advanced like, hey. <laughs> So hopefully, I have very high hopes for that book. I think oh, that's good. That reminds me, if you haven't read it yet, you everybody needs to read The Princess Bride. Oh, oh yeah, of course. I mean, I I know a lot of people that are like, it really was a book. Yes, and mm-hmm. yes, yes, it was William Goldman, and it's awesome. It's so awesome. Uh, so for everybody listening, if you have not read The Princess Bride and you want to give fantasy a shot, yes, it's a great place to go. That is a good recommendation. Uh, I don't even want to tell you why because it'll give away some of the fun parts. Yes. So just just trust me. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> Did you pretty much just all of our recommendations? Because we know what we're talking about. Yeah, but I that mean, one. Clearly. But that one, that one's a gimme. It's another that one, one is. where my wife's like, I don't really like fantasy. I'm like, just, just trust me. You know, and she liked the movie, and she read the book, and she, you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, I think, I think, yeah, finding, depending on the person, but also finding stuff that they can relate to. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that's also sort of the thing with, like, sci-fi and fantasy. It's not always... Yeah. Sometimes it is just so out there. It's so it's out there, you can... people that aren't used to reading that type of thing to... Yeah. So if you can... Yeah. Yeah, well, like, Philip K. Dick is a great author, but some of his stuff will blow your mind, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily in a good way. Right. So you have to really be prepared to get your brain rearranged when you you read something like that. Yes. So it's not something... I wouldn't say to someone, hey, if you're just starting in sci-fi, here's Philip K. Dick. No, no. Correct. Yeah. No, I think that's good, like, having go-tos that are a little soft approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm soft approach in to either of the genres. Speaking of science fiction, and, and you had mentioned this, difference between hard science fiction and soft science fiction. Yes. Uh, that's that's something 
Like, I personally prefer hard science fiction, but I read both. Mm-hmm. Um, hard science fiction is generally considered stuff that's very, very rooted in science. Mm-hmm. Everything like in the it. Martian. Like The yes. Martian. Right. So The Martian, you know, the guy's a physicist, the guy that wrote it, it, it does, uh, or at least he is a physicist in his spare time, I can't remember. Um, but he talked to NASA, he, you know. Yeah. He, no, I think that was his day job. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he, he wrote did, that, like, on the side, like, right. on his blog or whatever, right. and it got picked so he up. Did, yeah. he did research, and he, he knew how the propulsion worked. He knew, that it, he said it in the near future based on technology that they're building right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's generally considered hard science fiction. I am still working on my book. Actually, it's mostly finished. Uh, I don't think I would sell my soul to publish it, but uh, I definitely try something. Um, but anyway, I, I, it's hard science fiction. Yes. So I've done a lot of research. It, it involves, you know, making sure the technology you throw into the book isn't just flashy, exciting stuff. It's, it's, it's what is likely to happen. Or mm-hmm. in, if, if technology advances the way we think it will right now, right. what you'll get. Uh, soft science fiction is more, uh, you know, maybe this could happen. Uh, I actually would consider most of the Star Trek stuff softer science mm-hmm. fiction because so, while some of it is very, very hard sci-fi, and we've actually got inventions from it, like a hypo spray, it's a, the thing that shoots the medicine through your epidermis. Oh, yes. That's a real thing yes. that we got an idea from Star Trek for. Uh, I've got a tablet in my yeah, hands. Yeah, I know. Everybody's yeah. walking around with, with their the tab- yeah. yeah. I've got a tablet in my hands with my notes on it. Star Trek did it in the 90s and earlier. I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think 2001: Space Odyssey had it yeah, too. Yeah, yeah so, like I mean, it go that. But these these ideas, while they're in soft science fiction, or that's that's kind of the idea though. Some of the stuff they have right. is is you know that. Uh, some of their other things, when they're like, let's just re- reverse the reflector dish. I mean, the deflector dish that that might not mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. It's just sciencey words. Uh, so so that's where the softer science right. fiction comes in. It's not quite fantasy. But somewhere in between hard somewhere in between, hard yeah. science fiction and fantasy. That's how I would classify it. No, that makes sense. So, Quinn, what would you recommend for people who love The Martians? Because I know that's, that's a, a very popular, really popular book lately yes. that a lot of people have loved. And people that might not have, that might have been their first science fiction book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it's a great question. I, I, I really, I, I, I do like the stuff by Scalzi and some mm-hmm. of his stuff. Most of it's got more humor in it. Which I think is why it kind of fits okay. with, sure. with, yes. uh, with Martian people. Uh, he's also really well known for his sarcasm. Um, so things like that could fit. Uh, Old Man War is his most popular, but it's more military um, science fiction, even though it's got some deeper thought behind it. Um, so if you want to stay away from that, he's got a book called Agents of the Stars, which is the first one he really wrote, uh, which is really funny and very light on the science fiction. Uh, and again, Android's Dream, which is mm-hmm. still my favorite, which mm-hmm. is really good. He also wrote one called Lock In, which is... Uh, it was pretty new, isn't Yeah, it? that one's yeah. pretty recent. And it's it's about um, a disease that affects people. Basically, it puts them in a coma, but like a waking coma. So they're, they're oh. cognizant. They, mm-hmm. they, can, they can think and interact, but they can't move anything, including their mouth. Oh, that's right? weird. So they come up with these essentially androids that, that their consciousness drives around. Uh, and this is all based on science that we're working on right now, right. Uh, which makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about how the world is dealing with this disease and, and combating it, and uh, and uh, it, it blows up. And actually, there's a lot of commentary. It's buried, but there's a lot of commentary on there about 
modern day healthcare and, and mm. pharmaceuticals and things like that. It's great, but there's still some humor thrown in. I'm making it sound very dreary, but uh, he does a good <laughs> job right. of uh, he does a good job of, of, of delivering it in such a way that makes you not miserable. Um, and uh, the the ending is actually really good. You'll feel good after reading it, but you also feel kind of wow, we do some messed up things. Yeah, well, I <laughs> but, think uh, a lot of... So those those are kind of my go-tos. Did you read um, Love in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction? No, Jeff it's Richard? on my list. <laughs> I have not read it yet. That's the one where people ask me that question. I usually say this one because, well, I mean, it's not set in space or anything, so it's not about astronauts or anything, but it always reminds me of The Martian, and it's like a, it's set in kind of a near-future L.A., Los Angeles... And it's about this guy who falls in love with an android, and then the oh, android gets uh, kidnapped and sold for parts in the black market. So he has to terrible. go around. That is terrible. Well, no, no. Wait. He, he goes around and finds all of the her parts. parts. Oh my gosh! Back together. And like <laughs> on the the thing that got me reading it was on the on the book jacket. It says it's Blade Runner meets Star Wars. So I was like, obviously, I'm reading this right, right. now. Of course. And it was pretty. <laughs> I'm gonna, that was spot on. It I think exactly it's actually. On, I think it's on my it. wish list. Yeah. Yeah, it just came out in 2015, so it's yeah. still pretty new, and it got really good reviews. So that's a, huh. a current one. I would definitely recommend to people who are in the genre. Yeah. Looking for recommendations. That's good. <laughs> that really sounds good. good. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. I also really love. Uh, this is way out there. So if you said all I want to read is something like The Martian, I wouldn't tell you to read it, but I have mm-hmm. to mention it. <laughs> Because if you can get past if you can get past the audacity of the writing, is it like Dune out there? No, no. Okay. It's called Snow Crash. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but it's no. by Neil Stevenson. Mm. It's, oh, it's generally yes. considered his most yeah. accessible book, meaning easiest to to, to digest. Right. Okay. Um, the the name of the main character is hero protagonist. Shut spelled, up. Spelled, yes, spelled H I R O. <laughs> and in the first chapter, he calls himself oh. the Deliberator. And is and and is a pizza delivery person in like a uh, cyberpunk kind of not apocalyptic, but if you're familiar with the cyberpunk Mm -hmm. subgenre, Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's so good. And it was written in the early '90s, and the predictions in the book that he made about the internet and how it would work, uh, and e-commerce and all of those things are so close to dead right that it's scary. Um, So. uh, I, t- I, I, you know, I, I tell people if you're feeling a little daring and really just want to right. dive in, it's a great one to do. Hmm. And I learn more about languages rooted, the, the roots our languages have in mythology than I, I mean, I learned so much okay. reading that book too. So, um, it's cool. So it's the kind of book you have to like have a notebook next to you. Not really, because he delivers it well. It depends. It depends on how into the mythology okay. you get. Right. Uh, you right. You kind of just listen to it, and it and it tells it tells an important part of the kind of mystery in the story. And uh, uh, if you're listening to it in the audiobook, for example, you might have to listen to that section twice. But if you're reading it, it's generally fairly easy to follow along. It does get kind of deep, but not like his other books. It's not like the Cryptonomicon which is mm-hmm. one of his more yes. popular ones, but it's huge. And, uh, but it, it's, it's good. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. It's one of my favorites. All right. That yeah. sounds good. What's your guys' favorite fantasy? Um, that's a tough one. Like, I, I really love The Name of the Wind, mm-hmm. Patrick Rothfuss. That's a great book. Yeah. That, yeah, waiting for that. 
third one. Um, it it took me like it took me a couple times to read it, um, but I had a, a friend who was like, just get to the part where he gets to school and his entrance exam. Mm-hmm. If you can get to that part, you'll be good because the the um, the opening is just maybe a little slow, but once yeah. you get past that, it's so mm-hmm. good. It's well, so that's good. the more traditional way to start a fantasy book too. Yeah. Uh, so that's I think that's another reason people get turned off by it. I, you have to you have to kind of push get past the world building. You, yes, yeah. the world building. That's what it's, it is. It's, it's yeah. usually either world building or character development, yeah. which is kind of building the world on the side. I think this is yeah. sort of yeah. both, yeah. Uh, that's why if people are wanting to get into science fiction, I recommend the Mistborn stuff because mm-hmm. it, it just throws you right Yeah. In. And he still does a great job of building worlds. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... I don't know, I must be kind of a sci-fi light or fantasy light person. Because I prefer the stuff that's set in the real world. Okay. The kind of the epic fantasy world, made-up yeah. names, all these characters. I get kind of lost a little bit. Yeah, and that's my concern with the audiobooks, is yeah. that yeah. not being able to like flip back. Right. Or yeah. to the appendix, which they inevitably have well, with Dres- characters. And- <laughs> I love the Dresden Files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had to pick... Yeah, but if you, so if I were picking, it's a hard for me because I have three favorites in fantasy really uh, right now. <laughs> it, it'll change, uh, but like I love love the Dresden Files. They're fantastic books. Um, not they're not everybody's cup of tea because there's a lot of them, and mm-hmm. the arc doesn't really get going. The first two books are very episodic, and the arc doesn't really get going until book three and four. Um, but I, I love them, and. Uh, but, but if I had a big favorite traditional fantasy, it would be The Hobbit. Because oh, yeah. I just, it was the first real book I ever read. And yeah. uh, I That's fair. have loved it ever since. I reread it all the time. Um, if you're talking more modern fantasy, uh, I really like the Stormlight Archive books by Brandon Sanderson. The first one's The Way mm-hmm. of Kings. Um, unlike Mistborn, it's huge. The first book is, mm-hmm. is over a thousand pages. It's a massive book. But it still is. The pacing in it's still brilliant. It's I, I've never. It's the only book that big. One of the only books that big that I have had a whole lot of trouble putting down. And the second one's every bit as good. Uh, and the third one's coming out hopefully this year, but it might be next year. I yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's got a new book coming out this year. He's so got. That's floating around. He's got one other. Mistborn. Oh, the Mistborn one. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's coming yeah. out soon, or maybe it just came out. Yeah, he released one in January. Oh, okay. And okay. There's going to be at least one. Yeah, more it was on the New York Times bestseller list this oh, yeah. week. Yeah, they're good. Uh, mm-hmm. Shadows of Self is the one I'm reading now, yeah. and that one's before the the book book six, which is the one that just is coming. Okay. It just came out. Too. Got it. He released them uh, one in December, I think, and one in January. Okay. So he wrote them both, and then. Right. Release them back to back. Okay. Which I thought was pretty cool, but I was behind in other reading because I was reading Scalzi's last book, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. The end of all things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which ends his Old Man War series. So. Mm-hmm. So Rachel, what about the you then? If you were more of the. Well, obviously, my favorite fantasy, as we discussed a couple weeks ago, sure. was Harry Potter. Harry Potter. So that does take place. In, it, it sort of. That is in the modern world. Yeah. So I, no, I, I would say that it, it doesn't require a lot of world it building. It's ours. Yeah. Somebody that I love, and it's one of those, sorry, not sorry, don't judge me. I, I read what I want, is Charlene Harris. I love oh. her in the Sookie Stackhouse books. And she's got a new series, the Midnight Texas series, that I'm just super into. That's the kind of fantasy I like to read, is the kind of really. 
You would love Dresden. Sexy books, if Have you, you will. Yeah. But yeah, I, my husband keeps telling me to read those because he loves those. You would like them. So, yeah, they've been on they've been my list for like five years. The list just One keeps growing. That's the problem. Oh, no, my list is endless. Yeah. yeah I know. There's mm-hmm. no end in sight to the list. Yeah. I, might, I might bump that up, though. Maybe I'll do that this winter. I'm really excited go. to read the Red Rising trilogy. Mm-hmm. The last book, Morningstar, just, it either came out this week or it comes out next week. And I've been waiting for the last one to come out so I could binge read all three. It's fine. So that's next on my to-do list is to read that series. That's actually very smart. A lot of good yeah. things about that one. Yeah. So. The waiting for books is the worst part the worst. of reading the series. Yeah. yeah. It's the that, worst. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And, and since that one, since it had very clear... Yes. Street dates for yes. this book. I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait. And, like, if you know it's a trilogy yeah. and, like... I'm just going to wait for it. One of my other yeah. fantasy, um, your mention of, like, the Swicky Sackhouse, I love the Discovery of Witches series. By Deborah Harkness. I love it. Yeah. It's so... There's, it, it's so fun, and there's, like, time traveling mm-hmm. involved, and... She's. Yeah, so, yeah, I think those would be good recommendations for people I, you who know, are, yes. haven't not so haven't read any fantasy yet, but maybe want to get into it. Maybe want to get into it. I yeah, I think the Discovery Witches. It's a trilogy. It's just mm-hmm. the three books. It's very clean cut. <laughs> They're all out. You don't have to wait. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so, is there anything else coming out in the future you guys are looking forward to with your list building? Anything? Um, I've got a few, but they're not science fiction, so if That's we're ready okay. to move on from that, we can. Um, everyone's been saying that this book is the next Gone Girl, Girl okay. on Train, and it's called Try Not to Breathe by Holly Seedon, Seedon? I'm not sure how to, how to pronounce it, so sorry, Holly, if I mispronounced it. And it seems like, you know, if you liked those types of books, it seems to be the next kind of marriage thriller, you know, mystery Mm -hmm. thriller type book. So I'm excited to read that one. I'm going to see if I can call it right now and say that that's the next one. There you go. We'll see. We'll see. It's on the record. We'll see what happens. Microphone. It looks really good. It looks really good. And um, there's a book on the nonfiction side. There's a book called Evicted by Matthew Yes. It's been getting a lot of buzz, and it's about, um, you know, kind of the way we look at poverty in America Mm -hmm. and did any of you guys read the um, Hand to Mouth Living in Bootstrap America book no. a couple no. of years ago? It was just kind of a, you know, exploration into, you know, poverty in America and how government is handling that and the stereotypes. So cheerful. Yeah, yeah cheerful, very cheerful. You know, yeah, Happy. It seems uh, relevant to yes. being during yes. an election sure. season. So I'm looking forward sure. to that one. Quinn? What about you guys? Well, I am... I've got three that I'm particularly excited about. Okay. Um, one is called Mechanical Failure by Joe Zija. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. Sorry, it's, Joe. Yeah, okay. sorry, Joe. Z-I-E-J-A. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Um, it's His editor came out and said that it's the funniest book he's ever read. Okay. And it's, it's, it's satirical military science fiction, which appeals to me because it's kind of what... I was writing, I was working on, but, uh, it, it, it's, it's making fun of the current military establishment, kind of, it's a satire on what, mm-hmm. we, what we have going on now, which I think it deserves, personally, um, <laughs> no, no, no more politics speak, sorry, um, the, the, uh, but the, the idea is that they've, there's, there's no need for a military in this setting, because mm. in the future we've overcome war here on Earth, and we don't, 
we don't really need them, but they're there, so they're just laying back having barbecues. Okay, um, interesting. And uh, and then and then the one guy gets bored of just doing nothing, right. becomes a smuggler, gets caught, and then his punishment is to be put back in the military. And and uh, all of a sudden they're acting like real soldiers and they're gearing up for a war that he's convinced doesn't exist. So he uh, decides okay. to stop the war before it can happen because it's not a real thing. And uh, it sounds really interesting because the whole fighting a war that doesn't need to be fought, you know, it's kind of, you know, Yay. there's some tangents. There's some tangents in current society. We got it. Um, so <laughs> that really appeals to me. <laughs> yeah. I really I like. I can see what you yeah. might be getting at there. <laughs> uh, another one is called Lovecraft Country, which is more of, might be more of a horror book, but still right. fantasy. Um I don't know if you guys are probably familiar with H.P. Lovecraft. He's yes. kind of considered the father of modern horror. I'm big into horror. We didn't um, even touch on that. We yeah. didn't. That's a whole yeah. other That's podcast. a whole other thing. A whole other podcast. Uh, but uh, it's basically, it's set in an alternate history in 1954. And the, the, the kind of way they're promoting the book is it mixes malevolent spirits uh, in Jim Crow laws. So, like, oh. the, the idea is to explore racism and it's making things like the Jim Crow laws, the, the, this is the gist I get anyway, making ideas like Jim Crow laws that much worse because of what's really behind it. Huh. And, and, and it's making the, the, the bad side of humanity that's, that perpetuated the, that kind of racism and, and murder and violence and, and, and making that much worse because there's like secret orders that are, that are calling up demons or something. I, hmm. you know, I don't know the details, obviously. The book's not out. But... It sounds really fascinating to me, and um, definitely poignant, given given racial tensions right now. Sure. Um, so I, I I like to mix my sci-fi and fantasy with mm -hmm. reality. I like I think it's an interesting vessel for commentary on what's going on. Agreed. Now. Agreed. Um, and the last one I'm excited about is called Arkwright by Alan Steele. Oh, Lovecraft Countries by Matt Ruff, by the way. Okay. Um, so Arkwright by Alan Steele is a book about an author that's dying and uh he's convinced that we can no longer survive here on earth so he leaves a trust fund behind to uh fund the colonization of a nearby planet um that's the basic premise it's interesting to me I'm because in. yeah it's about an, it's about an, it's about an author alan Steele is billed as a writer that does very very good hard hard science fiction okay i haven't read anything by him yet but uh it sounds interesting, um, and and I and I. It's hard for me to find good hard science fiction mm -hmm. sometimes because mm -hmm. it's not the most popular part of the genre. Though I'm right. betting, it's not that common either. I, it's yeah, not that. Yeah. It's not that common. But I think the it Martian, the Martian, okay. might really. Keep I think that that's going to be key. Uh, yeah, that's like, a different People point. like John Scalzi have been doing it for a while, mm -hmm. but uh, but he was he's successful. Don't get me wrong. He, he makes the bestseller list, but the Martian was massive. I think it. Yeah, it just needed. It just needed that one book mm -hmm. that really yeah. got into the, the, the public conscience, and I think that Martian was probably the one to do that. Yeah. For sure. So I like to be simultaneously entertained in learning something when I read yeah. a book. <laughs> so uh, um, that's, that's kind of my thing. But yeah, Arkwright sounds really interesting. Um, I, I've always had that write, writers writing about writers. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. Agreed. Because I, I have tried it in like short stories and things like that. And, and I've seen friends try it. And it's and not. It, sometimes it comes out just brilliant. Other times it's like, dude, you're writing yourself. Yes. And that's not fun. That and is like, the very, <laughs> yeah, it's a very fine line. <laughs> yeah. It's a fine so, line. 
it's uh, it sounds interesting. It does. What about you, Jill? I, this was just announced yesterday, Ooh. the Cursed Child, the oh, J.K. Yeah. Rowling. They are taking oh, yeah. the script yeah. from the play, right. coming out in book form. Yes, and another one that was just announced a few hours ago, as we're recording this, is Bruce Springsteen's Our Biography. <laughs> it's coming out in September. <laughs> I, I don't even think you need to say anything else about that one. That seems self-explanatory. That does yeah. seem self-explanatory. I'm really obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, she's very excited. So, no, I'm looking forward to The Cursed Child, because I will not be able to get to London to see the play. Yeah, so. yeah. The trip to London thing makes it difficult. That makes it a little <laughs> difficult. <laughs> so I'm glad that they are coming out with some form of it for those of us who can't make mm-hmm. make the trip. So I will probably be reading that. Yeah, that's comes out. I'm really excited. Yeah, that should be good. That should be good. Very good. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for coming on and talking some sci-fi and fantasy. Thank you, Jill. Yeah, thank Anytime. you. Anytime. Thank we'll be back for the horrors. So That's right. We'll have to do the horror one. We'll I'm, one I'm totally down for the horror <laughs> one. I, I, I love I can talk about books all we'll day. See? All right. Coming <laughs> soon. Stay tuned, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.